Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcat Pre-Game Show with your host, Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcats pregame show. Roger Engel along with Coach Chris Elmore. And Coach, two weeks ago after uh, the week off this past weekend, we beat the Springville Tigers by a 38-14 score and a real good game for the Cats both offensively and defensively. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a big win for us. Um, we, we said, you know, going to that game, you and I talked about how we thought they had a good team, and I still think they do. Um, a really good quarterback, big and strong, and, and uh, we were able to contain him for most of the night. And... Uh, um, you know, got, got out to 28-7 lead there to half and were able to, to kind of extend it to 38-7 in, in the third quarter and, and hold on a win. So it was a big win for us. Those last seven came across uh, against some of our uh, subs there. So really our first team just gave up seven points. Yeah, and you know, the, we, the coaches, you know, I think in the heat of the moment we didn't think about it, but uh, the, early in the game they broke a run down our sideline and the quarterback did and Caden Holbrook knocked him out about the five. and. And later on, that ended up being a big play in the game because we were able to, to hold him uh, to a field goal attempt, and then he missed the field goal. So instead of getting uh, seven or even three, we, we held him to zero. So that was a big play in the game and uh, uh, seemed to just almost kind of switch the momentum a little bit. It gave us a lot of confidence and maybe gave them a lot of doubt. Um, so, you know, great effort play by him because when he broke the run, I think everybody thought he was gone. And he, he came from the other sideline and was able to, to knock him out of bounds at the five. So uh, after that drive, I thought we, we settled down and played pretty good for the most part defensively with the exception of one drive where they hit a couple of big plays on us. But uh, uh, overall, it was a really good defensive effort all night for us. And on offense, J.D., four touchdowns, Hunter Love, three touchdowns. and. JD had that big 74-yard run. Yeah, it was a, it was you know we were able to kind of spread the ball around and, and uh, wasn't just Cam and Hunter the whole time and JD did a really good job. He didn't throw it many times. I think he threw he was nine of 12 maybe for 150 yards. So I didn't have to throw it a lot, but he was very efficient when he did throw it and uh, had some big third-down conversions. Had and we were able to finally get Sawyer involved and uh, had Sawyer had four big catches and uh, I know. Uh, I guess all three of them, all four of them were big. One was a touchdown on the second play of the game, and the other three were all third down conversions, and uh, two of those were in the red zone. So uh, those were big plays in the game. That's what we think he can do for us. He, we think he's a great target down there inside the 25, and um, he can create some matchup problems for people. So uh, JD did a good job getting the ball and, and uh, you know, understanding that you've got to use his frame to our advantage and throw the ball, not necessarily high, but throw the ball. Uh, you know, to, toward, you know, kind of head height for him because that's, that's kind of above somebody else's head uh, or the defender's head. A lot of times he's, you know, 6'4", going up against a guy that may be 5'10", and uh, when you throw the ball up around Sawyer's head, that, that creates problems for the defense. And he did a good job of, uh, of locating the ball, and I thought, you know, several times they had him covered fairly well, but the ball was thrown really well, and Sawyer did a good job of coming down with it. So that was a big part of the game, and like you said, J.D. had a huge run there. that He kind of called that play. He had told me, I think it was a heat timeout or something happened there. We had a timeout, and um, he said, Coach, we can run the bootleg. Uh, and, I'm, you know, generally we don't like running it where he goes to the left because it's not, a, it's not an easy throw for him. And uh, I mentioned that to him, and he said, well, I probably won't even throw it. I think I can just get outside and run. And he did. And, and uh, uh, Brody Bruce made a really smart play. He was, he was the deep receiver on that and had a chance to peel back and block somebody and, and chose to just not in, in fear of maybe getting a penalty and kind of let the guy go. And J.D. broke the, broke the run and uh, 
uh, and scored. So, um, you know, really good plays by him all around, and Hunter was consistent all night, did a good job on our screen passes. We, we weren't sure we could get some screen passes on them, but we actually hit three big ones on them. Uh, one got called back, but uh, the other two were big plays in the game, and, and one of them was a touchdown right before the half. That, uh, you know, a lot, we talk about that all the time, you know, being able to finish a half is an important deal, and that was a big play in the game. And, you know, big difference being up 21-7 as opposed to 28-7, and that was a, uh, that was a big play in the game for us. Uh, time of possession had to lean heavily toward us also throughout the game. Yeah, I thought, you know, like I said, the, the defense gave up a couple of drives, but for the most part we, we you know, kept them pinned back and, and three and out. And that was, like I said, mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, uh, Hunter's t touchdown pass. Uh, I think when we punted to him, uh, there was maybe two minutes to go in the half, and then Alex had a great punt, and their guy kind of misplayed it. Kind of reminded me of the Gaston City game, except on the other side. Their guy misplayed it, and the ball bounced inside the five. I think it was a 70 or 75-yard punt. Um, and then we were able to get three quick stops and used a couple timeouts uh, and got the ball back, and then they had a poor punt, uh, and we got the ball back at the 40. So that was, a, that was almost about a 40-yard flip and field position from where Alex punted it to where we got it back. Uh, and that was just all special teams, and uh, and then we were able to score. I think three plays later, hit a got in the two-minute drill and hit Brody Bruce on a on a quick uh, quick out pattern on the sideline. He got out of bounds, and then JD got out of bounds, and uh, and then we hit Hunter on the screen. And you know, had had a lot more time than we really you know we we're trying to go hurry up there because it's two minute, and we think we scored probably in like 18, 18 seconds of, of game clock, which was which was a good thing. And uh, like I said, that that coupled with we came out of the half and went down and got three more points. Uh, and so now you basically go, when they punted the ball back down 21-7, uh, they really didn't get it back until they were down 31-7. And that's, a, that's kind of a swinging point of the game and, and uh, uh, gave us enough you know, room to kind of finish out the ball game. Other than the three play under the two-minute mark uh, scoring drive and the 74-yard run, we really did a good job just driving the length of the field and eating up that clock. Yeah, we did. And of course, we had a big play early too. That you know they went for it on fourth and one on about their own forty, uh, and we stopped them. Laden Crow made a nice play in the backfield, and we stopped them. And that's you know obviously they got a big strong offensive line, big strong quarterback. I I, I really don't blame them for going for that. I probably have done the same thing. And they went for it, and we stopped them. Uh, and then two plays later, we hit Sawyer uh, down the middle of the field for a touchdown. But you know, like you said, other than that, those couple of quick drives and JD's long run, we we did a good job of executing on third down and, and had, had a couple of third and longs and third and mediums that we were able to throw the ball to Sawyer uh, and also and or we also threw some screens to Hunter and, and able to extend drive. So, uh, you know, we were overall fairly efficient the entire game with the exception of just a couple of drives and, and those were usually, you know, we got a screen call back one time to kind of kill the drive and then uh, uh, had another issue in, early in the second half to kill the drive. But other than that, we, we, played, uh, we played pretty good overall. Hunter Love was just usual Hunter. Yeah, and they were, they were a little tougher to run on inside than we maybe anticipated, uh, but, but they're big. I mean, they had two defensive tackles that weighed over 300 pounds. And, uh, but we kind of kept, you know, pounding in there when we could. And he, he again, does a great job of turning two-yard into, into five. And uh, he does that all the time. And, and I think he only had 20 or 21 carries, but he was up over 100 yards again. And, and like I said, the biggest thing he did was the, was the two screen passes. And, and, and you know, what he uh, is starting to understand and what our entire offense is starting to understand, his success is opening up so much for other people. And, um, you know, and that's why J.D. was calling for the bootleg. And, and Hunter had told me earlier, because they're really, they're really keying on me. And I said, well, yeah, of course they are. They're going to key on you. I mean, you're, you're, a, you're a great player for us. And, 
And that's what happened on the bootleg is they all flew to Hunter and, and JD was able to get on the perimeter and make a big play. So, um, you know, he continued. And, and, and the best part about it is if, if, if we were continuing to play games where it's all Hunter over and over and over, at some point uh, teams are not going to respect anybody else on the team and not defend the entire field. And I thought we did a pretty good job of the night of, uh, of, of making them defend the entire field, whether it be a bootleg by JD, whether it be a – uh, a quick outside pass to Brody Bruce, or whether it be hitting Sawyer in the slot. Uh, you know, we hit Cam one time over on their sideline too. So uh, we were able to use the entire field and use multiple players, and I think that you know is good for the future because it makes the other teams prepare for everybody and not just one player. And that's 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 going to help Hunter uh, down the road, and he understands that too. Is that the more we can get everybody else involved, uh, the more opportunities it'll create for him later in the year. You mentioned the long punt, but Alex was pretty much back to his old self Friday night. Yeah, um, he, he had a great course. He, I think he had one kickoff that didn't go in the end zone, but the rest of them were, you know, not only in the end zone, a couple of them were, well, I think one of them hit the crossbar, uh, several of them were, were out the back of the end zone and and punted really well. Not only had the 75-yarder, but the other two were uh, uh, 40 to 45 yards as well. And did a great job on one. We had a low snap on our last punt. and. And probably, you know, most punters would have panicked there and either got tackled or, or got one blocked. And he did a good job of just kind of avoiding the rush and, and kind of getting it out of there and ended up being a 40-yard punt, uh, even after all the, uh, the problems we had in the backfield. But, uh, you know, he, he only had one field goal attempt, and we were, I was giving him a hard time in film. I think it was a 44-yarder maybe, something like that. And uh, I told him, I said, you're going to have to start working harder. You barely made this one. And uh, we look at it on film, and I think it went out of that. You couldn't even see it. I think it would have been good from 65. I mean, the thing yeah. hit almost back over the band. And that's what we t we're talking about as coaches. Uh, who's, who's fortunate enough to have a kicker that can kick a 44-yarder, and he hits it so well that you really can't even see it in the screen when it comes through? I mean, usually a 44-yarder in high school is going to be, you know, barely getting over the crossbar. And, and the one he hit was, was uh, way over the uprights. and, and uh, uh, way deep in the back of the end zone there. So, you know, he, he was really on uh, his game. I think if we had needed to try one from, from 60 that night, I think he probably would have made it, but we just never never had that opportunity. I was noticing watching the NFL, which I don't do very often, but over Saturday or Sunday, uh, a pro player hit one from 58, and they made such a big to-do about that. And yeah. we're used here on the high school level of seeing Alex do those things yeah. every week. Yeah, and that's why I was watching the same game, and I was thinking, I know, who, I know one guy can make that kick, and, and he could. So, but uh, he, he continues to do really good things for us, and uh, um, he, he's a big part of what we do. I mean, every, every coach I talk to uh, throughout the season, they, they all comment on how, you know, what, a, what a great advantage it is to have him, and it really is. Uh, he's a... He's a weapon for us, and he changes field position uh, every ball game, whether it be kickoffs or punts, and uh, that, that's something we'll continue to rely on as we move forward. We don't talk a whole lot about players' attitudes or whatever, but you've got to think we're gaining a lot of confidence each week now, and do uh, you think the players have really kind of slipped in that zone where they're pretty confident now going into each game? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I think the A-Rab game, we, we, we played hard and we played well, but I think we also had a little bit of self-doubt in – are we good enough to win? Because when you lose your first two, I don't care who you are, you you you, you get the doubt of or, well, are we really good enough to win games? And and so we didn't and we didn't play tentative or anything like that, but we just maybe played with without a lot of confidence. And I think that win, uh, coupled with some you know more good days at practice, we just really I thought played uh, with a lot of confidence against Springville, which is which was good to see. And uh, and you know we had a good good bye week practice last week and, and did some really good things, worked on some weaknesses and. And try to improve some things, and 
and you know, I think we've had a good week this week, and, and I think our kids are like you said. I think they're back confident and believing in themselves and realizing, you know, that we can that we can have a really good season. We just got to kind of take it one week at a time and, and keep trying to build as we go. If you look at some of the scores uh, with the teams we've played and how they've stacked up with some of the other teams, I know you can't compare games really or take anything for granted, but it kind of gives you a lot of hope about the rest of our season. I think it does, and I think that's what's, you know, I think, you know, three weeks ago after losing to Gadsden City, there was a lot of, a lot of doubt and, and, and a lot of insecurity, and now that we've won a couple and realized what everybody else has done, then you start to say, hey, wait a minute, we, we may be pretty good after all. And, uh, you know, and again, even, even something as, as minor as, uh, you know, Gaston City beat Spain Park last week, and Spain Park's obviously, obviously always got a good program. And um, so, you know, when you see those things, you start to say, hey, you know, maybe we are pretty good. And, and, and you know, I, any sporting event, any competition, a lot of it is all about confidence. If you believe in yourself and think that you can do it and, and have the opportunity to do it, then a lot of times you will. So uh, I think we are starting to believe in ourselves a little bit more. And, and like you said, the, the key will be, our job will be able to make sure, make sure they take it one week at a time and not try to look ahead and not try to think, like you said, do the, do the score comparison game and, you know, well, they beat them and th we beat them. And so, therefore, we can't, we can't get into that. We've got to take them one at a time and, 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 and handle our business each week. But I think it has, um, you know, given our players more confidence once the season has kind of unfolded and they've seen how uh, not only the two teams we – have beaten have done, but also how the two teams that, that we lost to have done as well has kind of given all of us a little bit more confidence. So the Cats with a big 38-14 to 14 win over Springville. This week we'll be home against the Etowah Blue Devils, and we'll be back to the Twin City Auto Wildcats pregame show and talk a little bit about Etowah. hospital. We are a community and we are there for you. Local care when you need it. For more information and specialties, visit DeKalbRegional.com. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969. They are located in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. They offer fast, friendly, and easy service along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. They also offer debit and credit cards. They understand that banking can be stressful and want to give you the help that you need, just like family. They're honored to be members of our community and wish all teams a good and safe season.
First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. As the weather gets colder, Fort Payne Footworks and Outdoors has you covered. We offer a wide selection of top name brands for the winter season, such as Patagonia, On, Barber, and many more. Shop for family, or maybe a little gift for yourself. We have something for her, him, and the kids. This winter season, shop Fort Payne Footworks and Outdoors. Shop local. Open seven days a week, located on Fort Payne Main Street. The Times-Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times-Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times-Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. Owner Patrick Graham and publisher Trisha Dunn wish Fort Payne and DeKalb County teams a wonderful season. Hey friends, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City Used Cars in Fort Payne, Alabama. I uh, just want to tell everybody what a great inventory we have down here. We're looking forward to people coming down here and shopping with us. I've got any make or model you can think of. I've got Cadillac, I've got Mini Coopers, I've got Toyotas, I've got Nissan. Just got a bunch of vehicles down here. Listen, if you need financing, I got great financing up to 84 months through some of our banks. Got great interest rates going right now. And I just want to invite everybody down here to come see us at Twin City. We're located at 1015 Golf Avenue South in beautiful downtown Fort Payne, Alabama. You can shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com or just give us a call. 256-844-2210. Looking forward to seeing you guys down here. Welcome back to the Twin City Auto Wildcats pregame show. And coach, this week we take on a real familiar foe from years back, take on the Etowah Blue Devils. We have a lot of history with them. Yeah, and this, this year in particular, you know, they've got three or four players that I feel like have had like eight years of eligibility, even though I've only been here three. Uh, they've got three really good skill players that have played for them since they were sophomores, which is my first year here. And uh, one of them in particular, uh, the number one, Martavius Davis, uh, he's a really good player for him. He actually, we played them early that year in a JV game before we played them in varsity. Uh, and they had a little 10th grade running back that was just lightning in a bottle. We couldn't tackle him that night in JV. And I remember talking to Coach Knowles, who was the coach at the time. I said, man, Coach, I don't know who you 10th grade running back is, but if you got somebody better than him on varsity, I, I'm afraid to see him. He said, well, we're thinking about pulling him up. Well, three weeks later, he was playing on the varsity. So we, I think we've seen Martavius in, already in three games, and now we're going to see him in four. So we're, we're, we're kind of tired of seeing him. And then uh, they've got a running back that's committed to go to Duke, and uh, Trent Davis, uh, number three, that's a great player as well. And, um, and all, both those guys play basketball. So everybody in Fort Payne has seen them a bunch over the years, whether it be football games or basketball games. And then they've got another guy who plays basketball also, a receiver named Ollie Finch. So they've got three guys on, the, on the, their skill positions that uh, can take it to the, you know, take it to the house at any time, and uh, we're going to have to do a really good job of being uh, in the right position and having multiple people around the, the, the football. I know we say that a lot of weeks, but I mean, really this week, um, you know, if you're not around those three guys in the open field with several players, the, they can 
they can go the distance. And so we'll have to do a great job uh, uh, with that aspect. And then they've got uh, defensively, they've got a couple guys back again that have, that have played, I know, the last two years and probably played some as sophomores, uh, the defensive lineman. Uh, named Toby Camp that does a really good job and he's tough to block and uh, does a good job with his hands and, and, and really their entire front six does a, do a good job. And then those same guys I talked about on offense, the Davis, Davis and Finch play in the secondary and do a good job uh, with man coverage. And so it, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a lot like the Gadsden City and the Briarwood games and that we're going to have to play really well. And, but at the same time, it's a, it's a good opportunity for our players to match up against uh, quality athletes and a quality team to see where we are and how much we've improved. Uh, because again, like we always say, this is a this is kind of a good measuring stick for playoffs when you uh, see those top teams there later on. Of course, their quarterback from the last few years transferred over to Gadsden City, and we've already faced him. But yep. were they able to replace him with a pretty good quarterback? You know, they had a guy move in from Georgia, I believe, and, and he's a he's a same, he's a kind of big, tall, good-looking player. He's about six two, two twenty. Uh, I don't, I really don't think he's as good as, as the troop kid from from Gadsden, but he's got some uh, he's got some ability and some potential, and so we're going to have to. Um, be ready for him. I think it's one of those things he's gotten better each week. He, he wasn't as good early in the year when they played Gads in the first game. Uh, but now that he's got four games under his belt, uh, he's improved. And so uh, we, we're going to have to be on top of our game. And like I said, he, he's got the kind of skill players around him that can make a quarterback look better than they are sometimes. And uh, But uh, I, I'm like you said, if they still had the troop kid over there, I'd be more concerned because they would have the total package with him at, at quarterback. But uh, uh, the kid they got now does a good job and, you know, has gotten better each week. Sounds like we're kind of going to have to pay special attention to the running game. Yeah, and, and you know, it's going, like a lot of games, it's really going to come down to uh, how well we can play in the offensive and defensive lines. Even I've talked about their skill guys, but if we can control the line of scrimmage and have multiple uh, Wildcat players around the football, then we're going to do better. If they're able to, to block us and, and get – their players against our secondary players one-on-one, -on -one, it's going to be a tough night. So we're, we're going to have to do a good job in, in the defensive line, uh, you know, winning the line of scrimmage and controlling that. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, we've got to do a good job uh, you know, you know, blocking their front six and protecting J.D. when we throw it uh, and giving us an opportunity to make plays. And uh, if we do that, you know, Hunter had a big night against them last year, and I think he can have another big night, but we've got to do a good job in the offensive line uh, of blocking them and giving him an opportunity to get going. So um, it, it'll be a challenge for, for both our offensive and defensive lines, and I really think that'll be uh, kind of the key point of the ball game. The season started, Hunter was around 250 pounds, and uh, I'm sure now that we're few weeks deep into the season, he's probably come off of that a little bit. You know, not as much you think. He's probably lost a few, but he he, he carries that weight pretty easily, and uh, he's just you know he's just such a he's got such a big frame to him, and and um, he's so strong that it you know he doesn't look like he's 250. He probably looks like he's more like 220, but he he's just got so much uh, mass to him as far as muscles go, and uh, uh, but he he's uh, he. He was a little sick last week, but he's feeling a lot better this week. He's had a good week of practice. And, you know, anytime you're a running back and you take, um, you know, as many, I won't say punishment, when you take as many hits as he takes on a weekly basis, a bye week's a good thing for you, and it's kind of freshened him up. And I think he'll, he'll play a lot faster this week, having, having had a week to, to kind of recuperate a little bit. You mentioned Sawyer this past week or a couple of weeks ago come into life, and that gives us an extra threat besides number 82. Yeah, and, and we got to continue to try to, to do a good job of uh, getting Sawyer involved. And, 
And we're, we're trying to get Darwin Camp a little bit more involved in offense at times, too. He's more of a defensive player for us, but we know he can help us on offense in certain situations. And, and uh, so uh, those two, and then, you know, of course, our two young running backs that, that stepped in and did a good job in Hunter's absence that one game uh, are continuing to get better, Ashton Brown and Caden Dubose. And, and uh, we, we hope we can get them in some opportunities because, again, that's a little bit of a change of pace. Um, and then I was proud Alex Akins has not played a lot of running back uh, this year. He's been playing more defense, but he got a couple carries in the Springville game and looked really good too. So, you know, we've, we feel like we've got, you know, three guys behind Hunter that are capable uh, if we need to, to, to go that route. And that, and that, you know, gives you a little more confidence in case, you know, if he were to get tired or, or, or need to come out for a play, we're able to put some other guys in there and give, give him some fresh legs. You mentioned Darwin on offense. He's also had some good defensive plays for us. Yeah, he, you know, he's our, obviously our guy that's got the most experience over there, especially in the secondary. He's a three-year starter. And, and um, you know, haven't tried to play him as much on offense this early in the year just because of, you know, he's, of course, he's in great shape. But uh, just early in the year, it's a little tougher. And uh, as you get later in the year and it starts to get cooler, it's, it's, he's able to, to hopefully contribute on both sides of the ball. And uh, I think he'll be able to do that. But he's, he's played really solid for us on defense most of the year. We don't have any injuries to speak of. Well, you know, unfortunately, you know, f football is a is a tough game. Uh, play by I always say it's a tough game. Play by tough people, and 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 you've got to you've got to practice sometimes and do some tough things. Uh, you you can't just go the entire week of practice without blocking, without tackling. I mean, you've got to practice those things, and. Uh, so we unfortunately Brody Bruce got hurt yesterday in practice just in a, in a tackling drill and, and really didn't think we didn't think it was a whole lot to it initially he got up and finished the drill and went to the next drill and then the more he went anyway we uh, he's probably gonna be out four to six weeks with a lower leg injury and uh, uh, hate that for him he's a senior and he's worked really hard we we think he's got an opportunity to, to get back maybe late in the season maybe North Jackson or playoffs and. Uh, uh, but he's been disappointed, so we'll have to have some guys step into his. He's been starting for us at the exposition, and uh, of course we usually rotate receivers. So uh, you know, Connor Cash, Ricky Adame will will, will step into that, that position, and they've played there and understand what to do. So it won't be like putting a uh, completely new player in the ball game. But uh, we do have that one one minor injury. But other than that, everybody else is is back healthy, and uh, uh, we should be ready to go. And and uh, and like I said, refreshed and rested, and, and and hopefully with a lot of energy on Friday night. And being home will be a big help to us. I know sometimes it's a tough place to play down at Etowah. Yeah, it can be. Of course, last night, anybody that remembers, or last year, everybody remembers the, the marathon game we had down there that uh, seemed to never end and ended after midnight. And, uh, you know, of course, we've got rain in the forecast this week, but it sounds like maybe most of the rain will be out of here on uh, by Friday. And uh, But I think it looks like maybe you know, another wet field. I think it'll be the third year in a row that we've played them on a wet field. I know two years ago at our place, it had rained, uh, you know, three or four inches that week, and the field was almost unplayable that night. Um, but we were able to play the game on kind of a muddy field. And then, of course, last year we had the had the rain showers come out of nowhere. It hadn't rained in a month, I think, last year, and all of a sudden it rained right before kickoff. And so it, it may be another wet, muddy field on Friday night. And uh, but you know, we'll just have to deal with it. They've, they've got to deal with it like we do. But uh, uh, it is, you know, much better to be at home, and, and we're looking forward to being home again against them. You see any advantage or disadvantage more for one team than the other? You know, as far as the wet field goes, I, yeah. you know, I would think it would maybe hurt them a little more because they have, uh, they, they try to get the ball on the perimeter to their skill players a little bit more. And, and of course, Hunter's more of a, 
uh, he would be, I guess, what you would call a, a muddy field type of running back as he's downhill. And, and that's why I think he had such a big game against him last year as everybody else was slipping and falling and he was able to, to maintain his feet and balance. So that might give us a little bit of an advantage, um, but I don't know that it's a big enough advantage to, to make a difference in the game. I think it's going to come down to, again, can, can we win the offensive and defensive line battles and can we tackle uh, those three players when they get to football. And if we can tackle them, then I think we're going to have a good chance to win the ball game. Uh, and if we don't, it's going to be it's going to be tough for us. But, you know, like we mentioned earlier, I think the other big advantage for us this week is, is Alex. And their, their kicking game is not nearly as strong as what Alex can do. And and uh, hopefully his, his uh, you know, ability to do that will, will give us a huge advantage field position-wise and, uh, uh, and give us some opportunities to score some points. Well, you know, it, it seems like every year there's something unusual happens in this series between uh, – uh, Ed Weiner says, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, the big deluge last year. And mm -hmm. some good memories, though, from that series back when we put Freddie Kitchens down quite a few times. That yep. was a big win for us. And there have yep. been a lot of things throughout the years. Yeah, that was my junior year. That was a big win. Well, they were number one. They had just beaten Gadsden, and they were number one in the state and had Freddie at quarterback. And, well, they had a great team. And I think we caught them on a good night. They maybe overlooked us a little bit. And we played the best game probably of our season. And uh, Taurus Turner had a huge night, and we were able to beat them down there and stop Freddie on a fourth and – Fourth and short, kind of deep in our territory late in the ball game, and um, so uh, that was a you know we we always practice the intentional safety where you take a safety late in the game and try to run the clock out, and my kid, our kids always look at us like we're crazy, and that that happened that night. Right after we'd stopped Freddie, we ended up taking an intentional safety on the last play of the game, uh, you know, and ran the clock out and won the ball game. So uh, it, you're right, there have been some crazy games over the years, and uh, uh, but it's been a great rivalry, and you know we're looking forward to to, you know, continue this Friday when they come to town. Well, Coach, hopefully we'll have a big crowd out Friday night at Wildcat Stadium. So far, the crowd's been pretty good. The crowds have been good. I think, you know, the Springville game was in, we had uh, both sides were, were pretty full, and I think they're, they're actually going to bring their band this week. So this will be the first game we've been at where both bands will perform at halftime, so that'll be good. And like I say, hopefully all the rain will be out of here, and maybe it'll just be a wet field for the players, but hopefully for the fans it'll be a nice night for football and a chance to, uh, to watch both teams and both bands play, uh, play for the first time. Like I said, I hadn't seen that all year. That'll be good to kind of hopefully return back to a little bit of normalcy. Well, if you can't be with us at Wildcat Stadium, be sure to tune in on Fort Payne TV, and you can see all the action live. So for Coach Elmore, Roger Ingles saying goodbye and go Cats. Thank you for watching the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show with hosts Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Go Wildcats!